Relatively Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Nardone. The Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Friday morning. It is January 13th. I'm your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me today and every other lovely day that we record this outstanding podcast, which people tell me is the best. They really do. It's, it's incredible. Is Joseph Nardone. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. No complaints. Honest, obviously, there can't be any point, complaints because I'm great and I'm awesome. You could ask anybody about how awesome I am. And you know what they tell you, Jared? What do they tell you? They would tell you that I am awesome and that I have huge hands. I wonder if that's ever going to get old for us. Imagine we're going to be doing this for eight years or however however long. I hope in eight years we don't have to make that joke anymore. Me too. All right. I digress. We get political early and then we stop. We didn't get political. I don't even know what you're talking about. I was just saying how awesome I am and that I have big size hands. You do. You do, you Cheeto. All right. Cheeto! <laughs> Good stuff. We will come to a screeching halt on that. Cause we what is it going to be like when our kids in the history books have to read about golden showers? Oh, my goodness. I don't think that will get printed in the textbooks. Well, no. It's also a, a non-confirmed report, but... Well, I mean, every report's non-confirmed and fake. Joe, let's stop doing this. We got a lot of sports to talk about sports. today. We got some uh, sports media that we're going to lead the show off with. We'll yeah. get to that shortly. We have a major franchise relocating. <gasps> the Scranton Wilkes Bear Red, Red Rail Riders are leaving me? Yeah, Joe, your time is coming. I almost got them the Red Barons, which they were eight years ago. Yeah, they changed names. Everybody cares about minor league baseball. We have NFL playoffs to talk about. A dumpster fire in my backyard, what do you know? We got a lot of AMAs to get to today, Joe, so let's get right into business. First thing we want to talk about... Media stuff! Richard, is it Richard Deitch or Richard Deitch? I think it's Deitch. You you don't know? No, I don't care. Awesome. Richard Deitch tweets yesterday, yesterday being Thursday, ESPN is moving forward, giving Mike Greenberg his own show, thus ending Mike and Mike, and he wrote a whole media column about it. Uh, Joe, this is pretty big news. Mike and Mike has been, you know, I think the top sports radio show in the country for almost 20 years now. And listen, you know, Mike and Mike are an our favorite radio show, but a lot of people love them. They are the top show for a reason. This is a really big deal that, you know, apparently they're breaking up and their show is ending. It doesn't sound like they're breaking up because they don't get along or because they think the show doesn't necessarily run its course as much as, Mike Greenberg's just moving on to another opportunity. What are your first thoughts about this, Joe? Well, we heard these. Well, I, we discussed this before that because we heard the rumors that my, uh, Mike Greenberg would be going on to do a, another show, a Sports Center ish show, and that yeah, Mike and Mike's not our cup of tea. But there's also the whole it's six to ten. It's your drive to work in the morning. You have to have a certain kind of very PG ish, sports heavy, but somehow still light type of program. I actually like both of them. Um, I don't like the show that much. Like, I kind of, it's not my thing. But um, good for Greenberg for get trying something different. He's still somebody I think that could add to the sports conversation. Um, that, that report really didn't say what Golik's role was going to be moving forward. Um, the suggestions for the morning, the replacements, I guess, are maybe Mike Golik Jr. being involved in some form or another and... Who was the other person that the, that was mentioned? Trey Wingo. Oh yeah, Trey Wingo. So like, that's for me. That's I'm not a Trey Wingo guy. I think he's his corny's over the top corny. 
a little bit too much for my taste, but I get it. It's six to ten. I'd much rather prefer them break up Rosillo and Canal and move Rosillo in the morning and Peter Rosenberg. But like you made the good point, like hey, they're kind of now Rosenberg's kind of an uppity guy, but you know that Rosillo's kind of brooding and that's not exactly great morning radio. But and Rosillo on his radio show yesterday passive aggressively made the point that their podcast numbers are the best it's ever been and that they're not going anywhere. Um, that again, they've only been on the air together for like a year and a half, so it's not really that long of a time. I just don't like Canel. Um and I think Rosillo I think Rosillo gets wasted being paired with them. Like it's amazing. like I don't listen to that show unless there's a guest on and when Rosenberg's on, they're great. Do you know like they are legit great. I love that pit, that pairing so much. Um and you can't move Bomani, obviously, to that time slot. And I don't think Levitard would be willing to wake up that early in the morning to do that time slot. So it does leave you in a situation. But, man, tri- I'd rather them give – I don't hate the idea of Golic Jr. I don't I don't love him. I think he's, his father is better at what he does. Um, maybe it's just because Golic – He's also been do- – Right, he's also been doing it for like a year and a half or something right, like that. Right, but I do. I would rather the idea of a goal with Junior and maybe as somebody like somebody younger getting the shot as opposed to Trey Wingo, who's going. He's getting an increased role as is with Chris Berman leaving ESPN. So I don't really love the idea of Trey Wingo, and then like because I guess the idea what Deitch said in his column was goal with Junior would be involved some way or another. I don't really really love that. Right. I mean, this yeah, is I mean, something actually, I'm overly concerned about just because I don't, from 6 to 10, I'm not listening to the radio anyway. Generally speaking, like if there was somebody there that I'd want to listen to, yeah, I'd make it more of a point, I guess, or at least listen to the podcast. But I've never really been, hey, let me put on whatever radio station from 6 to 10 or any time in that period. Right, yeah, th- this isn't the type of news that really affects you and I. I mean, personally, I'm not a huge fan of Mike and Mike. But at the same time, I mean, this is ESPN Radio's biggest slot. This is their most important spot. Spot, excuse me. I'd imagine this is where their ratings are the highest through the day. Uh, and Mike and Mike, you know, have a, played a big part in that. So it, it's really big finding a replacement for her, for Mike Greenberg and finding the right replacement. Um, now, from everything that you read and everything you're hearing, is Mike Golick definitely staying on board? Golick Senior, I yes, he was barely. From what I read, he was kind of barely. A thing in the whole moving thing. Like, they don't really say what his role, if anything, would be. I'm sure they're not going to get rid of him. He's too right. He's too good at TV and radio. Well, no, they wouldn't get rid of him, but is it still going to be Mike Golick's show? No, I, I, from my understanding, he's not going to be in there at all. Oh, wow, so you're you're completely replacing both of them. So that, that makes it a little bit easier, I guess, because it's not like we have to find somebody who's the perfect pairing now for Mike Golick, because obviously him and Greenberg were amazing together. They played well off each other, and if you're going to just remove one of them, you kind of need to find somebody that's going to be able to bring the same characteristics to the table that Greenberg brings. That's why, that's why I had the hesitations about, you know, Rosillo or even, you know, Rosenberg. I mean, I think Rosenberg would be great. He has another morning radio gig, though, so I can't imagine he's going to leave that for ESPN. Um, but it, it really I'm sure he would, if offered, leave his local radio show for ESPN. I don't. I mean, that that's a good point. Obviously, you're on TV as well. Hot, Hot 97 is not just like some small. No, no, I know it's a big deal. But he, I mean, yesterday in Roseburg, I don't. I think he's under some form of ESPN contract now because he said he's new to ESPN yesterday. So I don't know right. what that I don't know what that meant. I know he he's been always been like one of their fun go to fill in guest hosts for shows. 
Um, I like him a lot. I actually think him and if it's not Rosillo, him pairing him with somebody in the morning would work well because Rosenberg is a very um positive. He's upbeat. Yeah, he's right. upbeat. He, you need that in the morning. I, I totally get that. And I guess that would be the knock against Rosillo is that he could kind of brood and be grumpy, I guess, or whatever. Although I like it, I like his style. But um, and then you obviously you can't move like. Imagine Dan Lebertard from six. It'd be jarring to that audience. Can't do it. No, you can't. can't. Do it. And uh, same thing with Bomani. Like, even though we love them, it'd be jarring to like fifty-two-year-old white dude from Minnesota who's never consumed those guys at all. They'd be like, and they went from Mike and Mike to that. They'd be so confused. You can't. You can't. So my, again, Mike and Mike is like a family show. Like you mentioned, it's PG if it's not G. Uh, so it's like Nickelodeon for sports talk. It is though, and you know, for what it's worth, there, there's just there's a huge market for that, and you still have to appeal to that market. So it doesn't really make sense here to just you know slide everybody down a slot. Levitard and and Stugatz are you know the the PG thirteen or rated R show that they have essentially. They have no interest in talking sports. They want to be wacky. They're perfect for that ten to one slot, which you know we we love them. They have their they have their audience carved out. This already has an audience carved out, and you just need to fill in the pieces. I think. I well, I think I think you could also. I think it's important that they do. ESPN does the best. It, I, I mean, obviously they're going to try, but you can't just be like, "Oh, any two bodies are going to work here," just because it is their most important. Like it helps drive their whole radio program throughout the day. If you're not go, if you if and, and if it ends up being a dumpster fire. People are going to look elsewhere from six to ten, even if it's local, and then they might not just—they might never come back to ESPN during that day. I think it is important to set the tone where it's—if it's like, listen again, Trey Wingo's not my cup of tea, but maybe he is a lot of people. You know what I mean? For a lot of people, so I don't know. I think it's tough because I think people like you and I, and a lot of social media people, won't like whoever they put there. But we're not the audience for that slot, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm a huge Trey Wingo guy, and I think he would make a lot of sense. He'd be a great fill-in if you're still keeping Golick on the show. You know, he, he would work really well with Mike Golick. They've done NFL Live together. They're both NFL guys. Uh, and, you know, the NFL is ESPN's biggest thing. So you, you need to have somebody that's well-connected with the NFL. Uh, and Trey Wingo, I just, I like his energy. I don't think he's any cornier than Greenberg, to, to get back to what you were saying earlier. I think he has the right amount of cheese to be able to do that morning show. I think he's pretty funny. I think he's witty. I think he's well-rounded with, with all the sports. I, I understand him being the leading candidate if you're keeping Golik in that slot. That said, it, it's going to be hard to find, you know, two, not new, they're not going to be new guys, but to just put in two newer guys in this spot. I wonder if maybe they, they look at Adnan Verk, who's filled in for Mike Greenberg a lot, to maybe lead that. I, I just, I, I don't know who Oh, the- I would like Adnan Verk. I'd watch. Yeah, I mean, there really isn't much that they can do to, to get me to watch or listen. I actually, like, try my hardest to not listen to, to them because they just they don't bring any value for me. Again, I, I understand why people like them. It's just it's not my cup of tea at all. I don't need to hear Mike Greenberg's stories about, you know, listening to pop radio with his daughter in the car. It just doesn't do much for me. I don't need to hear Mike Golick eat 35 munchkins in a show in, in 10 minutes and try and break a record and down it with a jar of mayonnaise. It's just it, it, they don't do it. <laughs> They don't do it for me, but again, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on them. I do understand their significance, and I do understand why they are as popular as they are. And, you know, really what we're saying is they need to hit the nail on the head. They need to find the right replacements. We, so I'm kind of – I'm really interested in seeing if, if Golik Sr. is going to be a part of the show moving forward. I mean, it, the, um, I, I have no issue with them doing it. My only concern is it's going to feel like 
Regis and Kathy Lee, then Regis and Kelly, then Kelly and Michael. You know what I mean? Like, just pull the plug and make it fresh again. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Not Like, I don't watch a ton of whatever Regis and Kelly or whatever it's called now. But, um... It's not called Regis and Kelly. I know, but straight... Like, I know Strahan left or he's leaving or something. And there's still Kelly Ripa. And then I guess her husband now. But, um... Then there's, like, super outside-the-box stuff. I have no idea anybody's contracts outside, but, like, if if they could figure a way to get Dan Patrick back, maybe. But he's probably too jarring for 6 to 10 as well. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, you're right. You are right. Somebody like Trey Wingo probably works. That's why Mike Golick works so well there is because he never took himself too seriously. He, was, he didn't mind being the corny goofball. And, like, the dad appeal both of them had, like, telling their dad stories – that works at the six to ten slot. You know what I mean? Big so, um, yeah, man, it's it is kind of sad though. We talked about this a couple, I don't know, like four weeks ago. Whenever the first rumor of this came up, and we were just like, yeah, like we like them to a degree. This is not their cup of tea. I am excited to see what happens with Greenberg's new show because I think he is smart and intelligent and witty. And part of me always thought that like, hey, maybe Mike and Mike was becoming so because they were doing it for almost twenty years that he kind of got into a routine, maybe a shakeup kind of revitalizes him to the point where he won't, I'm not going to say he's going to be edgy, but he'll bring more fire. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he, he was kind of more of like a Jeremy Shap type where like you could look to him to kind of talk about serious news stories and also, you know, kind of, kind of bring an entertaining value to it. He's a real journalist, Mike Greenberg. You know, he, he covered the, the Jordan Bulls early on before he came to ESPN he, he has a real background in sports, so I, I look forward to whatever his next venture is, too. I don't know that they were necessarily wasting him, and I think anybody would probably take the opportunity to, to do what Mike Greenberg's done over the last you know two decades or so. I, I too, am kind of excited for, for what this means for him. Another guy who I would like, maybe, to fill in for him, Ryan Rucco. I know Ryan Rucco is really busy. He's done a lot of NBA this year. He's kind of moved up and become one of the main NBA play-by-play guys for ESPN. Mm-hmm. And in the same respect, he's done a lot less radio. But I think he's the type of guy who can really drive morning conversation, is good at mixing pop culture with sports, is very well-rounded when it comes to sports. I mean, again, I understand this isn't for me. You're not finding the guy who's going to appeal to me and people like me and you. But but somebody like Ruko, who just has you know his finger on the pulse of not just every sport, but of how fans digest sports, too. I mean... But maybe that's not what they're looking for. Maybe they're looking for somebody who who's a little more out of touch, like your your normal, you know, working person who just wants to get a half hour of goofy sports talk in the morning. I, I don't know. That, and, there's and a reason I'm not an executive at ESPN. By the way, ESPN, Jared and I are available. Ooh, I haven't heard that suggestion yet. Get a trending Twitter. <laughs> the relatively speaking, six to ten every morning podcast. But you'd get to quit your real job. That would be. That'd be something. Well, I think you'd be able to sacrifice waking up at 5 in the morning to do a 6 to 10 show. I'd be quite happy to do it. ESPN, if you're looking for me, I'm here. And me, not just Jared. Nah, but, me, but mainly me. Um, mainly Jared. No, that, that would that'd obviously be a dream come true. Uh, that ain't happening. Uh, let, let's end it on this 
who would be who would be your ideal pairing for this? If you could pick anybody, and it's only for Joe Nardone's ears, who who would your ideal pairing be? And they have to be like relevant radio people, so you can't say Christian Slater and Christina Ricci. Well, it, well, it's Rosenberg and Rosillo, and then that makes the issue at one o'clock, and then at one o'clock you can just throw somebody else in there with Canal. Just care. let Danny Canal sit in an empty room and talk to to a wall. Just let him hours. spew his hot takes. Yeah, um, then, the DK hot take hour, yeah, three hours, whatever. But yeah, I really like the Rosenberg Rissillo pairing. I do. I actually do think they would Rissillo would adjust slightly, and I think they would work. Um, I do think it would take time, though. Yeah, I mean, listen, they're just it's it's hard to to replace Mike and Mike. You know, even even from like the first time I listened to them, they kind of had this rapport with each other, and they were fun. And you know, they're they're just there isn't another pairing unless you were to get Van Pelt back on the radio. And get Van Pelt and, and Rosillo to do this, who could just be as fun and as seamless and have this banter and seem like they've been friends for so long. Well, it's hard. SVP is not doing the midnight sports center than coming back at 6 a.m. <laughs> I mean, maybe just sleep over. Maybe start your day at uh, 9 p.m. or something. I don't I don't know. He would be dead so, in six months. Do, do a 9 to, to 10. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, well, you're not getting SVP back there. I don't know why I asked you that question because I obviously don't have a, an answer here. I, I do like what you're saying, though, about Rosillo and Rosenberg. Rosenberg kind of balances out Rosillo. But at the same time, you, you need somebody to laugh at, I guess, if, if you're considering other people. If it's just for me, yes, I'm with you. Give, give me well, Rosenberg. Rosenberg does a good job of getting Rosillo to lower his guard where they are laughing at themselves. Right, and Rosenberg is very self-deprecative. But, I mean, like I said... Golik's the kind of guy who's going to eat 50 munchkins and down it with a jar of mayonnaise. And, well, I don't think know. that's a must. I don't think that's a prerequisite that one <laughs> of the duos... You need somebody to eat mayonnaise on <laughs> air and eat it. I don't think that's a prerequisite. What about Stugatz? Does he try to leave Levitard Joe to go and do the dream job? It's really funny that they've been talking about it, and it kind of makes sense. I don't know that Stugatz is high profile enough to be able to fill in and do Mike and Mike every single day. You know what I mean? Like... He's not the same lovable person as Greenberg is. Like, he's a different level of lovable loser. At least you know Greenberg isn't really a loser. Obviously, well, well, Stugatz- it's just, well, Stugatz- well, one, Stugatz's, like, character is really local radio show hot take guy. Right. Which doesn't translate on a national level, and it works well on the Lebertard show. He can't do <laughs> 6 to 10 by himself or with Golik Jr., because I know they have a Saturday show together in New York, I believe, right? right. So I, I know I've never listened to it. But I can't imagine him in, like, Gold Jr. at 6 to 10 in the morning. No, I couldn't either. I mean, but listen, whoever it's going to be, unless I'm getting... Jason, like, Jay, Jay Williams, by the way, is somebody that I, I, I would pick as a dark horse. Have you, he's, he's spot-hosted on Mike and Mike a few times. It was just fantastic. Yeah, Jay, Jay's fun on radio. He, he's got good energy, and he's got a good personality to do radio. Uh, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, maybe Jay and Adnan could work together. I, I like Adnan a lot as, as so a straight guy. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Listen, if you're just looking to, to fill in for Greenberg and you're keeping goal, like, I think Trey Wingo would be fantastic. I think he's well-known. I think he has a good platform. Uh, I'm a big fan of Trey Wingo. I've worked with him in the past. He's a really funny guy off-air, on-air. I think he's got a great personality, too. Uh, so I think he'd make a lot of sense. But, again, if you're looking to fill in just for Greenberg, Wingo and Adnan Burke make a lot of sense. I think it'd be too gimmicky if you did Golik and Golik. And you need, like, a straight guy to drive the conversation. And I don't think Golik Jr. is necessarily that guy yet. He, he's good. He's, he's a lot better on radio than I expected him to be. I just I don't know if he's, he's that guy yet. My dream pairing, though, Ryan Russell is probably my favorite guy on radio. So if you can get him and uh, I don't even know who else. Give him the whole show to himself. I wouldn't be opposed to that either. I do think Rosenberg does a great job of 
balancing off the brood <laughs> for sure. All right, Joe, let, let's, let's move on from that topic and uh, it'll be interesting to see. So obviously, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll talk about it as it develops. But another story that's been developing for quite some time came to fruition yesterday as it was announced on Twitter, I think, that the Chargers are no longer the San Diego Chargers. They are now officially the Los Angeles Chargers. Bad, tacky logo and all. That, don't, Char- they tweet, that logo's not real. Really? Yeah, the, the Chargers tweeted out that's not real. That was just for promo purposes. Interesting. All right. I mean, I thought it was being a little uh, played out and overdone how bad the logo was. Who cares? But anyway, that's not the story. The story is that the Chargers are leaving San Diego, leaving a a fan base that loved them and was loyal to them and moving to Los Angeles. Joe, what, what do you think about this? I'm actually proud of the city of San Diego for not getting trapped in the, we want the NFL team, so we have to flip the entire bill for a stadium deal. Yeah. Um, I know it sucks they lost a football team, and I know I've read some stuff that they said that the way the voting worked is they kind of purposely limited to counties where they know people were going to say no. So it might have been a different vote had they opened it up more. But in the grand scheme of things, sports is super unimportant. And I know that the, it was supposedly going to be a tourist tax, but I hate the idea of cities footing that much of the bill for somebody else's profession. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it sucks they lost it. And the LA thing boggles my mind because we've put teams before, there before and they never, ever work. And the Chargers are going the a year after the Rams and LA already kind of roots for other teams because – they had to, like, whether that's the Raiders or the Rams or whoever. Um, and now they have to play in a, for a year or two, they have to play in a 30,000-seat uh, stadium. But I'm actually happy that they didn't do it. Like, it sucks. I told, I feel empathy and sympathy for them because, they like, losing your favorite sports team or whatever stinks. But it's better than paying an ungodly amount of taxes. Yeah, I mean, definitely, and that, that that's a big thing, and I understand fans not wanting to, or not even fans. I mean, you get a whole city. People may not even be fans of this team, and they're paying a lot for the stadium. I, I understand it. At the same time, I mean, I, I'm i pretty close with somebody who's a Chargers fan. He's pretty devastated by this, and I just I, I still don't really understand the appeal to moving to Los Angeles. I mean, obviously, it's L.A. It's a huge city. The NFL's been trying to get football there, be successful with football there for decades now, and I mean— Last year, there is some evidence that it worked. The Rams were second in the NFL in home attendance. Yeah, actually. but it's the first year, and of course there's going to be that new feel. It's the first year, but they stunk, and it was Jeff Fisher, and it was Jared Goff, and at best case, it was Case Keenum. You knew that team stunk. So the Rams were second in home attendance. Meanwhile, the Chargers were dead last in home attendance last year. The year before that, the Chargers were about middle of the pack. I yeah, mean, but they've been fighting 15 years over the stadium. They, the Chargers fans knew this was happening. This is why right. they... They were in a lame duck situation. I don't think yep. using the attendance against, and I know that's not what you're trying to do, but using the lack of attendance over the last couple of years against San Diego's not fair because they kind of knew what was going on. Right. No, I, I, I'm admitting they have a very loyal fan base, and I'm also on the, the side of this that this kind of stinks for them, and it's unfair that they are losing a team because they didn't want to fit the bill for a stadium and that they're moving to Los Angeles. Like, Chargers fans are devastated. I mean, they a lot of them probably aren't going to watch the NFL again. I'm sure they will. Eh, 
I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them will. A few people who I've spoken to said they're out. Well, yeah, they say, that, they say that now. Right. Yeah. Right, they say that now with, with awesome uh, playoff games ahead of us. I just, I, I feel bad for the Chargers fans, and I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like this one hurts a little bit more than the Rams. Uh, it's also interesting that, like, the Raiders might move to Los Angeles, too. Like, what, what's going on in the NFL with Los Angeles? I, I just don't really get it. Well, the Raiders would be going to Las Vegas. Oh, is it, is that what it is? I could have swore I was seeing that they were also going to No, they, they won't do three teams. If I guess it's not, because I guess Las Vegas is willing to foot the entire stadium bill or something. But um, somebody made the point yesterday, over the last 22 years, a quarter of all NFL teams, and this is obviously some teams move twice, though, have moved. That's not great for your product. No. No, it's terrible. Because um, you're... you're, you're, you're I know football's not as regional sport as baseball, but like if you're if you're San Diego and you're like, hey, we've been like they've been around for a while, and they leave, so now you just scorn an entire city. Or St. Louis is scoring. The St. Louis one made more sense though because I guess the owner had um, some kind of uh, realtor type of stuff going in in Los Angeles, and he had no ties to St. Louis. Like I'm never shocked when somebody buys a franchise. And they're not from there that they want to move it. It's their franchise. I get it. They want to move it to where they want it. Right. Um, but like you, like you know, eventually Jacksonville's probably going to move, and like you're just keep you just keep scorning these cities. And I don't know, man. I don't think it's a great business model. But what do I know? They're the most popular sport in the country. Correct. Uh, we're we're not overly informed on this topic, and I, I didn't want to. Think I'm too much super about it. informed. Yeah, I mean, actually, you're sounding pretty smart here. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I just. I, I think it's kind of weird just, again, to have, you know, two teams move to the city over the last year. It was funny, too. The Chargers made this announcement the same day the Rams announced their head coach. So, I mean, it's just, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting Rams to see Rams head coach, teams. who is 14 years old. <laughs> younger than me. Awesome. Um, he's not really 14. I believe he just turned 30. Very, very young. Good, good for them. Good for Los Angeles, I guess, getting football lit. Let's see if people go to the games. Well, they're going to go to that. There's only 30,000 people. They're playing at a soccer stadium, so they'll do fine in year one and two. And then they're renting when that new stadium gets built for the Rams. They're they're going to lease it out to them for a dollar a year. And then it's built for two teams as is anyway. So they're going to be – I think they'll be fine. I don't think this is going to be like the, the Clippers and Lakers. But I do no. think like in five or six years, if these teams aren't good – we're going to see them do what they what normally happens in LA is people have options and they're not going to be like I'm not going to go see a six win team, right? Yep, we'll see. And I don't know that the Rams are going to get better anytime soon. And uh, Chargers, I, have, have, I, I think the Rams have a good roster. They just don't have a quarterback and didn't have a coach. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how much better they can get. I mean, obviously they have that great defensive line and uh, they have Kenny Britt, I guess, on offense. I, I don't know that I'd say they're great. I didn't well, say great. Well, I think they have a good you roster. They have a great roster, and that they got shortchanged by Jeff Fisher. You're putting it all on Jeff Fisher, just like everybody else. Jeff Fisher, the boogeyman. I'm joking. <laughs> okay. I am joking. I am joking. You Let's hate talk- Jeff Fisher. I can't believe it. You hate Jeff Fisher. Let's talk about real football, Joe, because obviously what we have been talking about isn't real football. We got NFL playoff games coming up this week. A lot better of a slate than we had last weekend. Is what it? You- is it? I mean, yeah, it is. Do you really lot. believe in the Falcons? Um, because I don't believe in either of the Falcons or the Seahawks. I think that game ends in a tie, and then they just go, both of you guys go home. And then the winner of the Dallas Green Bay game gets a three-week bye or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, that's the, that's the championship game in the NFC. 
might as well be no I, I listen i i think atlanta had a very good season offensively they they were just they they were very good so that's why i'm interested in in this matchup at seattle where obviously seattle's more known for their defense um bat, battle of the best offense i guess in the nfc besides dallas i i don't know atlanta was good <laughs> we're trying to hype that matchup with like being like ah second third Fourth best offense in the- and, and the best defense in the NFL three years ago. I mean, Seattle's not the best defense anymore, but it, obviously Broken, they still battered have, Seattle defense. Yeah, they, they still have that reputation. I, I do think Atlanta's good, and I do think Atlanta's going to give them a run. The, the spreads in these games are a lot, what's the best way to put this, more digestible than they were last week. I mean, Seattle's five-point favorites. The the Steelers are one-and-a-half-point favorites, and Green Bay are four-and-a-half-point What favorites. about the New England spread? You're just going to ignore that one? Wait, hang on. I, I'm wrong about that. Atlanta's five-point favorites in this game, not Seattle. Atlanta's five-point favorites. Kansas City's one-and-a-half-point favorites. Dallas is four-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know how I got those all wrong. I'm on a— I'm Why on a, do you keep ignoring the New England spread? Because that spread is awful. That game is awful. That is the one game that there's nothing to look forward to. We're going to pretend that it's game— It's the Bork-Osweiler game. Yeah, the, the Bork Bowl— the, the Patriots are 16-point favorites against Houston, and you could argue they should be higher favorites in this game. Is did, there anything— Did they play Houston when Red, White, and Blue Mamba was their quarterback and won 26 nothing? Right. So I would think it's going to go a little bit better for the Patriots this time, which has to be very frightening for the Texans. I mean, we didn't even know the Texans were frauds yet at that point. That was when we kind of found out. Anything else you want to add on that game? Because I have nothing to say about it. I have not a ton to say about any of these games. New England beats Houston. Oh, you heard it here first. <laughs> that that that's a scorcher, Joe. I can't believe you said that. What what else are you looking forward to with these games, though? Uh, none. None. I'm going to watch college basketball instead. I mean, it's quite a slate for college basketball on Saturday. So I might Saturdays be- are actually really good for college basketball. Sundays have been iffy, so maybe Sundays I'll peek over. But like I told you last week, I'm. I'll tune in for the conference championship game in the Super Bowl, but like until like I'm pretty much over the NFL. Yeah, same, 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 same. Um, that said, this weekend is better than last weekend was. That's so like I, saying, yeah, this time I got punched by by a smaller guy than I did last week. You still got punched it, in the face. <laughs> so this is still bad. You're what? What game are you? Just Green Bay, Dallas. That's it. That's the only game I, I will watch this week. Is that because you don't like Alex Smith? No, I stick. I'm, I've been a hashtag Alex Smith swag guy. I've always defended him, um, but he's not fun to watch play quarterback. So, but the I Chiefs wa- are con- the Chiefs are fun. No, you're, well, Chiefs- you're, we talked about this on Friday or whenever we last talked. It's that Monday. Um, they rely on Tyreek Hill to make giant huge plays, and that's not really bankable. And listen, I watch sports to be entertained. So, like, I'm not going to bet that a team that's sometimes entertaining is going to be entertaining. I know Green Bay Dallas will be fun. That's it. That's the only thing I know from the four games that I will definitely, definitely should be entertained by. Everything else, it's like I'm not interested in seeing New England win by forty. I'm not interested in seeing Seattle's offense struggle and 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 Atlanta either choke under the pressure or or watch Kansas City throw three yard dumps. I don't care. Give me Taco Fall slamming it down on the guy oh, shorter than him. There he is. Very on brand. Yeah, I'm, I'm not overly excited either. I Give do me Grayson see... Allen tripping a dude and punching a coach in the face. Yeah, that's what he did. He punched a coach in the face. I, I am looking forward to seeing Atlanta in the playoffs. No, you're though. not. You're I not. Am. No, you're I not. I bet you I bet you 10 bucks you don't watch the game Saturday. 
Uh, I'm going to be home Saturday, so I oh, think I'm going to watch it. I was banking game. on you and your wifey going to do some fun things like pumpkin picking. Nah, nah, yeah, we're going to go pumpkin <laughs> picking in January. Now, nah, I'm going to be home on Saturday, so I'm, I'm definitely going to peek in on that game. Peek in as you're binge-watching Peaky Blinders on Netflix instead. We are binge-watching The Wire currently again. And yeah, we so are you're definitely not watching this on a Saturday. We're not going to watch any of the Patriots game. I'll, I'll say that much. Not going to watch a second of it. You'll unless like babies. I, unless, stop it, man. <laughs> unless I check scores and we see, I'm like 45 days away from getting married. We're not making babies right now. 46 um, days making babies. Shut up. Hey, uh, speaking of speaking of way off topic family things to make you uncomfortable, when's your dad going to follow me on Twitter? My dad hasn't tweeted since since we figured out he was on Twitter. So <laughs> I'm going to take the he, other. My favorite is he tweeted once like five years ago. And then he's like, I finally have a Twitter. Five years. He had the Twitter already. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. I was surprised. It is one tweet was about Trump, wasn't it? Uh, the one, I tweeted at him. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you here? And he said, this is the only language that the president speaks, so I should be here. I, I was like, wow, that's like the smartest thing you've ever said, Dad. That's pretty deep. I mean, it's true. But You know, um, you know I want him on the podcast, right? Yeah, no, you don't. You you say this until we get him on the podcast, and then you're gonna regret it. Why is he a miserable person? Uh, no, he just he doesn't have great sports takes. I don't. So I don't. I don't even like talking about sports. When do you I, really, like? I I'd be asking him so many questions that have nothing to do with anything. I mean, what would about you? you as, what would you ask him? Oh, a lot of stuff about you as a child, like what you were like. Uh, when did you stop peeing the bed? Um, I don't know that I ever did pee the bed. Ever. I'm sure you did. Uh, I wasn't a bed peer. Who's who's his favorite child? If he was to be oh. completely honest, um, is he disappointed in you as a, a, a man? Uh, get, my dad would get mushy. He'd start saying like nice stuff. It'd be it'd be awkward. It'd be uncomfortable. I mean, no matter what, it'd probably be uncomfortable. We you, could you hear that, that Mike and Mike? You hear that ESPN? We could do mushy <laughs> with me and Jared and his father. <laughs> my dad could be the new poppy. Yeah, we could make it work. He'd be the white poppy because everybody's interested in that. Um, <laughs> Thanks. We are off the rails. Yeah, I, I'm not all that interested in the NFL playoffs. Thank you. I'm just trying to talk about sports, Joe, and this is this is topical. Let, let's pick these games because I know you like doing that. Sure. Who you got it? Atlanta or Seattle? Seattle. I, too, am going to go with Seattle. No spreads the- on these, right? We're just going straight pick. Who wins yeah, yeah, just straight, right. straight pick them. Right. Uh, I'll go Seattle, too, even though Atlanta's going to beat them. Okay. Way, to he- way to hedge. Houston at New England. Houston. I'm serious. Me too. I'm not. Patriots. You're not either. We're both picking the Patriots by a, by a hundred. They're going to beat them by a hundred. All right. Now we now we get interesting. The two good games are on Sunday. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Uh, I'm I'm going to say Pittsburgh just because they throw the ball more than 10 yards on the field. So I'm guessing I'm rooting for them. I'm going to go with the Chiefs because they get no respect. That is the hot take reason. They've been a really good team. They got their bye. Steelers are with Darius Green. Eli Rogers was pretty big for them coming back, but I, I, I still like Kansas City. And now the big game, Joe, Green Bay at Dallas. Oh, uh, man. This, here's the thing, right? In all seriousness, we I just crushed a whole NFL playoffs and all that stuff. People only think Green Bay has a chance in this game because Aaron Rodgers is great. But Dallas is the better team everywhere else, so I'm going to go with Dallas. Cool story. I'm going to go with Green Bay. Just because of Aaron Rodgers, though. They're, they're not better at a single position elsewhere. No, they're not. It is just because of Aaron Rodgers. Which is fair. I, I, I'm not saying right. you're wrong. I, 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 he's the quarterback's the most important position in the NFL. It's just that, man, what if Aaron Rodgers get, has like a toenail? Like a hanging nail? What, what is it called? A gross toenail. What do they call it? A hanging nail? Uh, yeah. Yeah, ingrown toenail. I've heard, I've heard hanging nail before, too. Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. 
Should have been hitting the sauce this early in the morning. Med- medical analysis. He's got a toenail injury. That's going to keep the <laughs> Packers out from winning. Uh, no, I mean, I listen, I'm, I'm big on Rodgers. I can't believe they hung 38 on the Giants last week. You could say that, you know, it was Rodgers being great or the Giants offense not doing anything, so the defense was so worn out. Either way, Aaron Rodgers had his way with that defense, and I think they're a lot better than, Green, than uh, I'm sorry, Dallas's defensively. So uh, I think we're going to get a shootout. Wouldn't be shocked if it's like a 35-31 game, but I, I think I, I like Green Bay in this one. All right, Joe, let, let's do some of that. Don't look good. Hit the music, Mario. It might not be your fault, but maybe it is. The optics don't look good. That don't look good. Alright, so obviously we're, we're a few days late on this, so we're not going to go, you know, balls to the wall with analysis and takes on this, but... The that don't look good, and the dumpster fire in my backyard that I alluded to earlier in the show is the New York Knicks, who were without their point guard and didn't know they were going to be without their point Ron guard. Ron Baker? Earlier this week. That's right. Ron Baker did not call the team <laughs> tell them he was going to miss a game. Der- Derek Rose flies back to Chicago on Tuesday night, doesn't give the team any kind of heads up. He was essentially missing in action. Um Listen, we all know this is bad. It was bad that Phil Jackson didn't speak to the media or make any kind of statement. Or Jeff Hornacek, who's always has to take the brunt of these things, too. Right, right. It was it was really bad that it came on Jeff Hornacek. Players were in the locker room after the game saying they were worried about Derrick Rose and that they hadn't heard from they him. They sent people to Rose's apartment because they thought something horrible happened. Right. I mean, I just... I don't know how if you're Derrick Rose, he, here's the thing. This is a, a, that don't look good for the Knicks. Like the entire Knicks, Derrick Rose, the, the organization, it's all bad. It's been a bad week for them. I mean, they, they lost that night. They got crushed at home by the Pelicans who aren't good. The next night they're back with Rose. They blow a 10-point lead with two minutes to go and lose on a buzzer beater by freaking TJ McConnell. I mean, this was a bad week for the Knicks. This was a really bad week for the Knicks. It also comes out, you know, a day after the whole Derrick Rose fiasco, that he's seeking a max contract and free agency, which is really poor timing for that news to get leaked. Just, Joe, why are the Knicks such a constant dumpster fire? Well, it starts from the top to poorly run. Um, I mean, that's all it is. There's no, It's not hard to figure out, right? We've been doing the song and dance for a couple decades now. Um it's just it's just really poorly run, and then yeah, like Phil Jackson's kind of like I mean I'm he's a fraud at this point, you know what I mean? Like he's I forget who wrote about it, but Jeff Hornacek has has been having to answer for everything that the front front office management should be. Um, Hornacek before the game, nobody told him that Rose was missing, so he's saying everybody's available for the game, and then all of a sudden he's like, Where, "Where's Derek Rose?" and um, the Rose thing is complicated in other areas where um, it seemed like he just needed his mom because he was frustrated and upset. And he's like, listen, the whole, the what's lost here is Derrick Rose has only been away from Chicago once and those for three months in Memphis. So, right. so like, it's easy for us to just be like, you're an NBA player, deal with it. Um, he's never been away from home. Three months, Memphis, that's it. So just because he's, he's what is he, 27? Yeah. So just because he's, he's 28 by now, but right, somewhere well, so, in that range. Well, we'll say he's 28. Just because he's 28 doesn't mean like he loves being away from home. And just because he's an NBA player making millions doesn't mean he loves being away from home. I get that. Um, and nobody would argue that he should have should have not called the 
the Knicks. You should have called. Um, but man, like if, if you're the Knicks at this point, you're not great. You should be rebuilding as anyway as is. I think I've been saying that's the beginning. Even when this super team was built, um, you're not gonna. You can't trade Rose. Nobody's gonna want him. He's on. A, he's in the contract year, and now you can't trust him. I and I mean you. You don't. You're not gonna buy him out. But I would. I would at this point just not really play him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how they're going to do that. I, I don't think they will. I think they're still so desperate in trying to win. I mean, last night, Derrick Rose willed them to victory over a depleted Bulls team, for what it's worth. And the Bulls but are good. Right, but Rose was relatively fantastic. He did what he does well. The, 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 the thing, you know, you're not wrong. This team should be rebuilding. With that said, they're not committed to it. They're just absolutely not. And when they traded for Rose, they showed their hand that they weren't trying to rebuild. They wanted to roll the dice. They wanted to make Melo happy. Melo said he never got to play with anybody like Rose before, and on nights like last night and even Wednesday, even his first game back, you know, after going missing, which he shouldn't have played that game. He should have been suspended. It's absolutely ridiculous that they gave him a slap on the wrist fine. And listen, they find him like a game's pay, so I guess it's not a slap on the wrist, but a fine when you, you skip out on the team and don't tell them. It takes 30 seconds to text going back to Chicago really sorry. You know what I mean? Like, well, he was clearly mad about the benching. Like, it could be... All these other things as well. He could have missed home, but like it, it came on the benching where they want they they made a comeback with him on the bench, and it's an ego thing. And I t- listen, I actually totally get it. Like you've gone from super duper stars, super beloved in your hometown, to the Knicks, where you think he's like you legitimately think you have a super team because he does. He did, and then he's like, I'm losing time at the end of games because I'm a point guard that can't shoot threes, and like what the heck's a Ron Baker? Do you know what I mean? Like I totally get it. I like that you're empathizing with him, but at the same time, I mean, he hasn't been that superstar. Right, yeah, maybe but, but the, listen, they don't realize that until well after the fact. We realize it first. They're, they're super competitive, super confident, mostly in denial, lacking self-awareness athletes. That's kind of how they got where they are. Right. Like I said, I, I appreciate that you're empathizing with him, but at the same time, like, no one sat him down and told him what's what. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just... Oh, I'm, I, I, I am. Maybe this is being me naive, but like I'm assuming because Joakim Noah has known so known him so long that he might have at this point put in sound like, bro, like not good. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I'm hoping that it was because I don't think the Knicks culture is like front office wise. Because I actually like Jeff Hornacek and think he's getting dealt an unfair hand by management. Um, I think management doesn't have the culture there. That's where it's. They could even step in and say anything because they don't have one. They don't have a relationship with them. Two, like they're so, like you said, they're so desperate to try to do something. They're not going to even attempt to discipline one of their stars because they're afraid it's going to send a bad message throughout the league because they have no idea how to handle it. Clearly, yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough times in Knicksville, and I mean, all things considered, they're still, you know, I think only four games. It doesn't matter. They stink. You're, you're, you're playing yourself out of the any kind of good spots to do anything in the offseason for what? To lose in the first round if you make it? Right. But this was the, you know, this has been the, the season-long debate. And now that they're losers of nine of their last 11 games, it's, well, they're really terrible. But then again, at the same time, like, if they can get back to where they were heading into, you know, the new year where they had won, you know, like 8 of 10 or something like that, they're a playoff team. You know me. You know I've wanted them to rebuild for years. I'm not really rooting for them to be, you know, an eighth or seventh seed and 
lose in five games and be knocked out of the they playoffs. They have their first rounder this year, correct or no? They have their first rounder every year moving forward. All right. This this draft is just loaded. Just Joe, loaded. I know, and they, they should have been – this is what they should have been doing. They should have been playing Jerry and Grant all year. Right. So they can – so they can play their way to a top five pick. This is what they should have been doing. It's too late at this point. Like, I mean, why, is, why is Chase on Randall not on the roster? Jeepers. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They they apparently they chose Ron Baker over Randall to start the season, and then they chose uh, Maurice Endor over Chase on Randall recently in terms of keeping one of the two of them, which, you know, if you're going to do that, then at least get Endor on the court. At least let him play some minutes. I, I don't know what they're doing. They obviously haven't had this, any kind of answer at point guard. They don't know what they're doing. They never know what they're doing. Selfishly, Nick, this stinks it, because I get MSG, which means I get to watch every Knicks game, and I can't even watch them because I can't stand the way this roster is constructed. Yeah, they're perpetually terrible at, at rebuilding or game planning or strategizing. They just they don't do anything well. I like, legit think, and I'm not even saying this to be like podcast dude thinking he's smarter. I legit think if me and you were in the front office, we would do a better job than what they've done. And I don't think that's even a hot take. I think a lot of people could do that. I don't know how much of it is Phil Jackson just being oblivious and not knowing anything, and how much of it is James Dolan, the owner, being like, well, I need this. You need to get me to the playoffs, so do whatever you have to do to get this team to the playoffs. If you want to try and rebuild while getting to the playoffs, do this, do this, this, and this. I I, just, I don't know. that. There's just there's no answers and. I think that that's why you there see is the answers. Team. Phil Jackson is oblivious, and James Dolan needs to stop sticking his nose into any kind of business. Go play music, James Dolan. Goodness, yeah, something like that. All right, I, I said I wanted to keep it brief with this next song. To to sum up everything that happened this week, I get an email yesterday from. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about this. From from <laughs> friend of the podcast, Tommy Stokey, who is also is he the the content manager? Yeah, Fanric? content director or whatever. Content director, yeah, that that's his title. I get an email from Tommy Stokey, CCing me and Jason Pat, our editor over at the NBA section of FanRag Sports. Were you BCC'd on this email, Joe? Yes, I was. We knew that if I was CC'd, um, it would be a tell. So yeah. I, I get an email. Essentially, it's like it's like three paragraphs long of Tommy telling me he thinks I should put together a column of why Sasha Vujicic is the answer to the Knicks' problems, look at why they haven't been playing him. He even said Sasha was really good in extended minutes with the Nets, <laughs> which was like six or seven years ago. Right. And I'm sitting there reading it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, you know what? I wrote that Knicks Miss Carol a couple of weeks ago to to make the fan base happy. I could totally put on a happy face and muster together some kind of column on why Sasha Vujicic could be the answer. I respect myself as a writer, but at the same time, like I want to give the fans stuff to read that'll make them smile a little bit. But at the same time, I don't know if I could really, really, really do this. So I jump on Twitter and I DM Jason, and I'm like, "Dude, what did Tommy just tell me? What do I do?" I DM you, I'm like. Don't say anything to anybody. <laughs> Tommy, just, Tommy just asked me to write this column, and I don't know how to feel about it. I'm, like, seeking advice from everybody I possibly can. So, like, after a half hour, I'm like, Tommy, with all due respect, I really respect the hell out of you, and I think that this is a, a fresh idea. No one else is doing it, but it would be disingenuous of me to write this column. And then everybody laughs and tells me I have egg on my face and that you guys pranked me. What a bunch of jerks. What a bunch of jerks I work with. Well, here's, a, here's how it started, right? So I'm doing – I'm working on my feature, Jeff Bowles. Read it today. It's live. Stony Brook head coach. I think he's going to be great. Um, he is great, but I think he'll be a like big-time big, big head coach in college basketball. But uh, so Jer, uh, Tommy messaged me. He said, hey, I have a column idea. And he does this to me all the time. And then he'll say something that he knows will make me mad, right? 
it'll always be like something he knows I already covered that only people are starting to cover now. People are like, hey, like if Creighton wins, be like, hey, column idea. Creighton's going to be Creighton's a Final Four team, even though I wrote it like two weeks ago. He does it to make me mad. So yesterday's was weird. He's like, hey, I got a column idea. I think the Knicks should start playing Saza Vujic more. And I'm like, I hate you. And I was like, you know what would be awesome, though? And he goes, what? I'm like, let's send, send that to Jared. Thanks, man. <laughs> because, he, well, that's kind of Tommy's deal. He likes to be like, Here, I'm going to pretend to be serious. Here's the thing. Knowing people are going to be like, no, this is absurd. And then want to see how they deal with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, uh, and then... He's like, all right, I gotta get Jason in on this, and then he's then he's asking me, he's like, how's Sasha only thirty two? I thought he was like thirty eight years old. <laughs> he's like, how am I gonna frame this in a way that, you know, like I'm not just completely absurd? So then that's where he must have got the net stats because we couldn't figure out a way to make it sound like even he really meant what he said because the idea, like, he couldn't just be like, hey, da, da, da. he had to explain it, and we. I think originally he just figured Sasha was like 38 years old, and when he realized he was only 32, he's like, I have no idea how to make him sound promising. (laughs) So he went from numbers from like, what, five years ago? Yeah. (sighs) He did, he did, and I didn't know, because Tommy's always been like serious with me, and not like in a bad way at all. Just, you know, we we had him on the podcast at one time, and he was, he came on as a reporter, because obviously he is a reporter, he does break baseball news, and he's very connected to, to baseball, so like, him and I haven't had this ridiculous banter that you and I have where we ask each other, you know, about wrestling spinoff movies and stuff. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, with him coming to me, the only times he's really reached out to me were, like, with story ideas, and it's always serious. So I'm always like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And then he comes up with this. And <laughs> for what it's worth, I know that there was another column written about the Knicks that did kind of say nice things about Sasha Bujicic. Um So I didn't know if maybe this was, you know, to kind of build momentum on that. And I, listen, I always want to be a company guy. I always want to help. I don't like saying no when people ask me to do things that, that are tangible. So I'm like, all right, I guess I guess this is what I'm going to do. And uh, as if I wasn't having a bad enough week as a Knicks fan, I was sitting there thinking I'm going to have to write a positive column about Sasha Bujicic being the Knicks savior. So I'm glad it was a prank. Cool story. I hope you all appreciated that. Let's move on, Joe, and end our show with some AMAs. Hit the music. Seal. <laughs> Ask me anything Jared will answer But do 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 ask me a question Twitter I always right. forget that it's Seal that does this. Like, when you say Seal every time, I die. Yep, it's Seal, our good friend Seal, friend of the podcast. Um, we should get him to make us some real music for what it's worth. Yeah, let me let me, let me me text him. Yeah, ask Tommy to reach out to Seal. All right, um, I guess I'll, I'll ask the first question, Joe. Sure. First question is from our buddy Michael Dunlap from Fansided. At Dunlap Sports asks, if Eric Bloodsoe were on a contender, would he be an all-NBA point guard? All NBA. I mean, his. I don't think if he's on the contender, his numbers would be as as absurd as they are now. I know his per is almost like twenty one. He's twenty six and five. Does that sound right? Um. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, that, and that's perpetually where he is. You know, he's somewhere in the 20 range and somewhere around, you know, five and five with rebounds and assists, usually closer to six for the assists. Yeah. And he, he turns the ball over three times a game, shoots 31% for three. Right, uh, he, he's not, not a great three point shooter. Pretty efficient from the field, though. He's no, always, he is. You know, but he's he's getting he, his numbers are god. I'm guessing. I, listen, I haven't watched a ton of Suns games, so I'm kind of winging this here in the dark. I think I watched him play twice this year. Um, I, I I'm just under the assumption if he goes to a contender, he's not playing this role where he gets to be a high a high get a lot of shots up. Um, maybe that actually makes him better, more efficient, and his. But like, there's a lot of really good point cards in the NBA. So I'm just going to say no. But but with the caveat that I'm not really educated on this right now to speak on it. Yeah, I, I haven't watched the Suns much this year. The, the last time I really got to watch a ton of them was when it was the Dragic Bloodso backcourt. And at that point, I thought Bloodso was one of the more underrated players in the NBA. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the guy the guy gets banged up a bunch. He played 81 in the 2014-15 season. Last year, he only played 31. The year before that, he played 43. So, I mean, you, you got to hope he could stay healthy. When he is healthy, he's very effective. My big question in response to this, though, is what elite team are you putting him on? You know what I mean? Because, like, you look around the league, and it's very point guard heavy. And Steph Curry is, you know, in my opinion, Steph Curry is the best point guard in the league. He plays for the Warriors. After that, you know, you have Westbrook, who's just ridiculous. And then you have Chris Paul. So, like, what team are you putting Eric Bledsoe on? where he could kind of get in the mix with those three. I don't think there's a scenario. And then even after those three, I mean, I think Kyle Lowry's pretty clearly the fourth best point guard in the NBA, if not higher. He's on Toronto. After that, you know, it kind of, it's a little more up for grabs. You start talking about John Wall. You start talking about Kyrie. You start talking about Damian Lillard, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, just what team are you putting Eric Bledsoe on where he gets put into the conversation because he's on a better team? I for me, I just think, I think there are so many good point guards that unless he were on the Spurs or something, there's no way he's getting that recognition. I mean, they were. I don't think it, it, I don't even know if how it would work because you'd be moving harder and harder out of that position where he's just thrived to become amazing. But putting him in the backcourt in Houston somehow, I don't know. Well, yeah, that, that's the thing that I, I guess I kind of it slipped my mind. James Harden's a point guard now too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, well, the thing with James Harden, like if you're bringing him over there, does Harden's worked so well in that role? Like you wouldn't want to move him, right? So he's going to be the ball dominant player in that offense. You don't want to put another ball dominant guard next. So I think I, I think the question is good. I just don't know where he goes. That <laughs> these, uh, you're right. That's a really good point, man. I actually like Eric Bledsoe. So. I do too. I do too. And it's just, it's the type of thing where it's not that like he's not good. It's just there's so many other really good I guys. I got it. I know position. a team. Don't say the Knicks. Seattle Supersonics. Boo. All right, Joe, let's move on. I guess you asked the next question. All right. The next one is from at the flagrant underscore two. What would CJ McCollum's production and status among NBA elite look like if he was the lead guard for a team? I mean, I'm a big C.J. McCollum fan. I oh, think you are. Is, You've been since college. You really no, have. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not being facetious. Thank you, sir. I, I mean, I think this is kind of similar to the last question, too, where you're looking at if he was given a different opportunity, what would it look like? Honestly, I kind of think he's, like, perfect in Portland. And I'm going to be completely honest, just like the Suns, I just I haven't gotten a chance to watch a ton of Portland this year. So I don't know if, you know, there's this sentiment that Damian Lillard's kind of cutting into his production Last year, it felt like they really worked well together, and they kind of came up with the vast majority of Portland's offense. CJ's like, numbers are the best they've ever been, for what it's worth. 
Right, right. They, they've gotten better even. So I guess that's kind of where this question comes from, where it's like, what if he was given more opportunity? And I just I don't know where he's going to go to get more opportunity. And if he were to go somewhere where he would probably wouldn't be a good team because they would need him to be taking so many shots. I mean, just looking from like last season to this season, he's up from 17.9 field goal attempts to 18.4, averaging almost 24 points. I don't think he's going to get more than 18 shots anywhere. Right. Right. How, how many more shots is he taking? I mean, how many guys take more shots than that even? It's just... I'm sure there's he, some, but, like, yeah. I know you're... But, like, he's not... Like, maybe he goes up... one. He's not going to go somewhere now and go shoot... He's not going to go to Orlando and shoot 26 times a game. Right. Like, is, maybe is that, he does. I don't know. But I'm saying, is that what we're looking for here? Is it, you know... Are we looking for him to go to an awful team Well, I think, it's, it's, I like, think it's the perception. Like, is he actually... Like, is he, is he getting overshadowed by Dame and Portland and they're struggling? If he was to go anywhere, would we look at him... More favorably, because you know what? Like when you think about, like, how often does anybody ever talk about CJ McCollum? Right, never, ever, never. Yeah, so maybe that's really where the question strives from. And I guess you're then you're asking if he was in a market. I'm not. I don't know where the flagrant underscore two is from, but I'm going to guess he's from the East Coast, and this is a market issue. Yeah, I mean, it could be. For what it's worth, CJ McCollum is sixth in the NBA in field goal attempts so far this year. Damn. So, I mean, I, I just, That's a lot. Like, <laughs> right. I, I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know if you're looking for him to be, you know, like a Harden type. Like, yeah, I guess if he were to be the point guard for Mike D'Antoni. Team, I don't like, want Portland to break up at all. I, I know they're having not a great season, but I think this is just one of those deals where, eh, it happens. And I think you try to keep McCollum and Dame together. Sorry, I didn't yeah. interrupt you. No, no, no. I, I don't want them to break up those uh, that that core. I mean, listen. If you want, if you can get anything for Evan Turner or oh Alan yeah, Crab or no, like, don't you dare do Alan Crabb slander. He's the greatest. I'm just saying the contract they gave him doesn't look like it's really working out for them. And Mo Harkless, they resigned. Don't you dare say a bad thing about Mo Harkless. No, you don't we'll have slit it. them. We'll you don't have your, your body to say anything bad about Mo Harkless, Joe. But Mo, Mo looks to be a good fit. I mean, you have Harkless and Aminu who are good wings for them, who are diverse and kind of help with what they were doing last season. Their problem seems to be up front. So I, I don't think that they should break up that backcourt. I, I just, again, back, back to this question, though. I don't know where you could really put C.J. McCollum and expect more production from him. He's kind of growing. He's kind of budding. And, I mean, he's shooting like 48.5% this year. He, he wouldn't be more productive, but right. he would get less shots. But I think his profile would raise pretty dramatically in Philly. Yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good call. I would love to see him there. I mean, even if even if like Ben Simmons gets back and you have CJ playing off the ball more and Ben Simmons running the offense, I mean, I, that would be amazing. excuse God me. Bless sorry. You. That sorry. Is tremendous. Are you apologizing? Yeah, I don't. Sixers don't have they. I mean, they have assets. I don't know if there's anything Portland's wants. Like, are you gonna send Noel and Okafor and a first for McCollum? Like, well, how does that work? Right, that's kind of what you have to do at this point. It'd, it'd have to be a buttload for McCollum because McCollum's really good. Although it does really fix the Sixers a lot if you're to do that. It fixes both. Yeah, let's let's make this. Put it on make Twitter it poll. I, even though the, the numbers won't work because the contracts won't match. Right. Okafor and Noel and a first for McCollum. But that's the thing, though, is that Philly could take back contract. I mean, they're they're still well under the cap. Well, what's what's Krabby? Was Krabby? Well, I'm not going to ask you to do it live in the air, but maybe the Krabby deal would make it work. So what? We're talking about Krabby and uh, McCollum for Noel first and Okafor? Yeah. Interesting. Do you think that's fair? I think that's kind of fair. Um, I think it, I think Portland might be giving up to, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you're getting a Sixers first, I mean, that's, that's value. Well, the Sixers, because you're so far in the season now, the Sixers is still going to end up being like, they're not going to all of a sudden go win 40 games in a row. 
you're still going to get a good lottery pick. Um, and this, like, I, I always preach how great this draft class is. So even if it only ends up being like an eight or a nine, you're still going to get a really good player. Um, the thing is, like, McCollum's still young. So, like, but man, you get, like, they need front court help. And you just got two front court players. And the Sixers have too many front court players. Man, yeah, I like I that should... trade. Somebody go on your NBA 2K machine and see if this works. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. All right, let, let's move on. Next question from from Sean in the Flesh, at Sean in the Flesh. That's a good Twitter name. Would you rather build a team around Anthony Davis or Giannis? Ignore their contracts. You go first. Did you tell me to go first? Is that what you said? Yeah. Are you yawning or are you just putting a hand over your mouth? Put a hand over my mouth. What kind of an idiot are you? Are you a lot of kind of idiot? That's like worse than Barkley before a game saying, "Oh, these guys aren't playing tonight. Why would you even watch this game?" What a freaking idiot, man! All right, you're not an idiot. I love you, Joe. Thanks. This is such a tough question. I'm going to go Anthony Davis. I like Giannis a lot. It's really funny. I don't know if it was this week or last week. People brought up. I tweeted last last season before the season started. I tweeted. I thought Giannis was the most overrated player in the NBA. Which at that point, like. He was coming off of averaging like 12 points on 42% from the field <laughs> is when I tweeted that. And I had people in my mentions, wrong, LMAO, idiot, you're a great scout. Like, I just said I thought he was overrated at the time, and he's done nothing but blow up since. That will not affect my decision here. I just think Anthony Davis is absurd, so I'm going to go AD. I mean, listen, Giannis does so much. It's crazy that he's like a point guard and, and a power forward all in one. He's he's insane, but yeah, I, I think Anthony Davis is just like such a unique talent and difference maker, and we've seen him already carry a team to the playoffs. We haven't seen Giannis do this. Um, man, this tough. This question is tough. Uh, hmm. No answer, huh? Uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis, and I don't really have. A good, I don't. I I really don't have a good reason. To pick him over the other, over Giannis. I, I, I was staring at this question this morning. I'm like, I have no idea how to answer this without. So I, I don't know what the separation is between the two at this point. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I, what I mean? I, like, it's yeah, it's like, not an easy question. No, exactly. So I, I guess I'm going to go with Anthony Davis just because I've seen his excellence a little bit longer. I guess is what I'm going to say, even though yeah. you know. Giannis appears I think that's to be kind of where I am too. Although Giannis appears to be like Magic Johnson on steroids. Yeah, I mean he's not the distributor. No, but, but you know what I mean, like a but giant. Ma- Magic also like wasn't the scorer that Giannis is becoming already. I just mean a giant ass point guard. Yeah, he is a giant ass point guard. He's ridiculous. Yeah, he is. It's absurd. Uh, all right, Joe, you want to read this next one? Sure. This is a twofold question. Um, yes. Maggio? Is that how you say it? Maggio NBA? Maggio, like Joe DiMaggio, Maggio. Okay, at Joe DiMaggio NBA. If you had a street rules cage fight between Jared Jeffries, Jared Jeffries and Brandon Jennings, who would you put your money on? And then we'll get to the second question after we answer this, I guess. All right, so this question was asked from Kyle Maggio, a good friend from the Knicks wall. Those guys had me on their podcast last week, so shout out to them. Shout out to Kyle. Kyle's a Knicks fan, obviously. This is an easy one. Jared Jeffries would absolutely destroy Brandon Jennings in a street fight. Well, it's a street fight cage match. Oh, street rules cage match. So what Brandon Jennings would climb up the cage to jump off and drop kick him. Um, it's Jared Jeffries, though. 
It'd be the type of thing though where Brandon Jennings is trying to to you know climb the cage and Jared Jeffries just reaches up, grabs him, and choke slams him down. Yeah, like, I, it's sure, it's, it's Jared, it's Jared Jeffries. This could be fun though because I could see Brandon Jennings being like a Jeff Hardy type when it comes to wrestling. He put his body all over the place. At the same time, I mean, the guy's had an Achilles injury already. Jared Jeffries goes like big fish hunting or whatever you would call it. I guess fishing, big fish fishing. That sounds funny. I clearly know what I'm talking about here. Um, yeah, th- again, this is easy, though. Jared Jeffries would crush him. I still wish, I know he's on my team now, I still wish Jared Jeffries would have caught up to Carmelo in that brawl 10 years ago and uh, gotten in a couple licks on him. Gave him the what for? I wish, man. All, All right, right second part of the question, because then you can read the last one. If you had to give Derek Rose or Eddie Curry a max contract, and death is not an option, which would you choose? I actually asked if he was referring to Eddie Curry today or, like, back in the day, Eddie Curry, and he did not specify. I'm I mean, assuming I'm, he meant Eddie Curry today. I'm like, well, Eddie Curry can't play basketball. Right, so obviously I'm going to go Derrick Rose. I mean, death isn't an option, so there's that. So, yeah, I, I mean, give me the guy who can actually play, I guess. They're, neat. They're both terrible options. Thanks, Kyle. Everybody's just rubbing in the Knicks today and this week. It's not, not a good week in Nickland. Um, I guess I'd go Rose. Like, Eddie Curry can't play basketball, so I'm going to go Derrick Rose, even though it's basically just giving away max money for no reason. Eddie Curry came back a few years ago, didn't he? I'm, I'm going to basketball reference Eddie Curry right now. I probably should have done this before the show. I know I know he came back with the Mavs. I feel like he came back with the Spurs also within the last... Dude, like, when I, remember Preps, the show Preps with Eddie Curry and Sean Dockery? I do, Sean Dockery, of course, man. That Ooh. show, I thought Eddie Curry was going to be Shaq. Yeah, I mean, they... His they nickname on Basketball him. Reference is Baby Shaq. Right, they built him to be the next Shaq. So in 2011-12, he was with the Heat. He probably got a ring for that season. And then the next season, he was with Dallas. Um, He's also 34. Um, Listen, I still think Eddie Curry still could have been good. Had that, and I loved that Bulls draft at the time. Him <laughs> I love that draft class. Um, yeah. it, it made sense. It was exciting at the time. Too bad they didn't work out. Well, Eddie Curry had a bunch of health issues and stuff. So then the Knicks got him, and everybody knows when you go to the Knicks, your career's over. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The Knicks got him coming off the heart thing, and then uh, he went to the Knicks. He went to the Isaiah Knicks, which is a career killer. So RIP Eddie Curry's basketball career. Glad you're still alive. Give me Derrick Rose, I guess. Our last question of the day, don't know how we haven't gotten this question yet, but here we are. A question was asked from at Avikar Saini, who I believe he's a, a Bulls blogger, good basketball follow, give him a follow, tweets, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Seven. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You have uh, science behind your answer. Yep. Just not going to share well, it. <laughs> why is this a question? Who the hell made this up? It's like a, a nursery. It's like a rhyme for kids. It's a thing. Like uh, Peter what? Piper picked a peck of blah, 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 that thing. Is it? I think so. Could you say the Peter Piper thing? No. Me neither. I just tried and then I was like, F it. I'm not P- trying. What is it? P- Peter Piper picked a pepper? I don't know. Peter Piper that- picked a pepper. I, I Let me. I'll find it. I'm looking it up. Peter Piper picked... I don't know. This is stupid. Why are we doing this? I, there, there's no Peter answer. Piper was, picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers. Peeper pepper. I see. I can't do it. it it's Mother Goose, so it is a child thing. 
Okay, Peter well, Piper, Piper picked is. a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, where's the peck of... <laughs> I, that was all I had. Oh, you almost made it! No, I because I don't have the rest in front of me. I was reading oh. it from a Google preview. Uh, oh, I was really close. All right, here we go. Let's try. Do wait, everyone um, silence. Everybody silence. And go. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. A peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked. If Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers, where's the peck of pickled peppers Peter Piper picked? You slow down. I did because I can't. You shouldn't have started. If you didn't start so fast, I wouldn't have knocked you for the slowdown because the slowdown was a fine rate. But you started. You started off like uh, Nicholas Cage and got in sixty seconds. We spoke about it recently. That I don't. That I've never seen that movie. Right. We spoke about that on the podcast, didn't we? Mm, Maybe. I have horrible memory. What percentage of Nicholas Cage movies do you think you've seen? Well, there's a bunch of them out now where. I see that you tweeted out that thing, and now my mentions are getting destroyed. Um, no, they're not. They're not getting destroyed. Shut up. Well, you also forgot the Okafor part in the yeah, trade. Yeah, that might be that might be too much. Even though Okafor is terrible. Um, Continue. There's a lot of bad Nicolas Cage movies out now. So, like, but I did watch Left Behind. Uh, <laughs> so a fair amount. Uh, I'd say fifty percent. I think I've probably seen less of that. Follow up question: Besides Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Sparks. Are there any other Nicks that you know that need to be referred to as Nicholas? Nicholas Titus Vesicili or whatever his name is? No, his name's not like Nicholas, though. Like, his name's not Nick. Um, That's a good I question. He, I have, a, I have a, a cousin named Nicholas. Do you? And he's, he's <laughs> like straight up, straight Nicholas. straight up Nicholas? Yeah. Really? How do you even spell Skeetish, really? It begins with a T. That's all I know. All right, there it is. Yeah, his first name is Nicholas. <laughs> so he, he probably does need but to be called a, Nicholas. Who, who's Nicholas? Man, that's a great question. How many Nicholases are there? So there's Nick, right. Nick Cage. Nicholas. and then No one calls him Nick Cage. I mean, no one. Yeah, he's Nicholas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it on the poll. Do you? How many Nicholases do you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, need a, we need a poll person. We really do. For sure. All right, Joe, I think we've run our course today now that we're talking about Nicholas's. Sorry we didn't really answer the how much wood would a woodchuck chuck question. I did. I said it's seven. It's seven. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. All right. There's your answer. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Watch Do- out for my Sasha Vujicic column <laughs> coming out sometime soon, uh, which you can catch at fanragsports.com. I write for the NBA section. And you can follow me on Twitter at jmintshoops. Joe, give yourself a plug. Tell the people what you've been working on recently. Uh, follow me on the Twitters at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. Uh, today, I mentioned earlier, Jeff Bulls feature, talked to the Stony Brook head coach. Um, think it came out well. Read that. And uh, fanragsports.com. Whoop, whoop. Oh, yeah. Whoop, whoop. We'll explain that next podcast. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the football game. Skittily, you lefty dumped All around me are familiar websites, worn out clickbait, worn out hotcakes, bright and early for the daily link dumps, no one's clicking, no one's clicking, their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers. Not for writers. 
Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet, in which I'm worthless, is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. Mad world.